You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. On Location is the official hospitality partner of the NFL, and it's the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Visit onlocationexp.com SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. Happy Tuesday to you, and thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day. Unfortunately, the Bills fell to the New England Patriots on Monday Night Football, 14-10. They fall to 7-5 on the season, 3-3 at home, and 3-1 in the division. Now, before I get into the things that I liked and didn't like from this game, let me acknowledge the tension that I am fully aware of between the inconsistency of this team, the expectations that exist for this team, and how the fan base is processing all of it. I hope you came to this podcast today with an open mind to hear my thoughts on what went down on Monday night. And I know there are a lot of different perspectives on the variables that have contributed to that performance and where this team is at, but this is my point of view. It may not completely line up with the way you process it, and that's okay. You may think I should have emphasized different things, but... I'm going to share my interpretation of things that I liked and things that I didn't like from a very disappointing loss on Monday Night Football. So let's get into it. There's not that much to say in things that I liked, but I do have some things that I want to share. And the first thing is that the Bills were in good circumstances all night long. They had plenty, and I mean plenty of opportunities to win this game. And a big part of what I'm going to talk about in things I didn't like are how those opportunities were squandered. But when you consider that in a game where wind was a major factor, the Bills won the field position battle. Their average starting field position was the 40. The Patriots was the 23. The Bills offense had four trips to the red zone. The Patriots had one. If that was the only two things that you knew about the game before the game, that the Bills' average starting field position was going to be the 40, the Patriots the 23, the Bills would have four trips to the red zone and the Patriots would have one, you would think, wow, the Bills won that game by a fair amount. So the Bills had a good set of circumstances their way. Now, a lot contributed to them not being able to capitalize on those circumstances that were favorable. But they were in good positions. Didn't execute, but they were in good positions. Number two is that I thought Josh Allen mostly handled the win very well. Made some very nice throws, mostly protected the football, and he gave his guys some chances to make plays under difficult circumstances. And so for the most part, I'm really satisfied with Josh Allen from this football game. I know that we're all very disappointed in the run defense, but the defense did some really good things. They held New England to 14 points. The Patriots had 10 possessions 
Those 10 possessions resulted in six punts, two field goals, a touchdown, and of course the kneel out. 14 points, six punts, 10 possessions, one trip to the red zone. They didn't score a touchdown in that trip. I know the defense gave up a ton of yards on the ground, but overall, those circumstances should lead to a win. And from the defense, I do want to single out Tyrell Dotson and Harrison Phillips for really stepping up. I thought Phillips did a good job defending the run. I thought Tyrell Dotson did a good job of filling in when the Bills wanted to run some 4-3 looks and have three backers on the field, especially when you find out just before the game that A.J. Klein's not available. I thought Dotson came in and played reasonably well. I thought Harrison Phillips played reasonably well against the run as well. So I think there were some really good things from the defense, and in particular I wanted to shout out a couple of guys that you know, are backups and stepped up and rose to the occasion in my mind. I think three penalties for 20 yards is solid, especially considering that penalties have been a problem for the team this year. They had one hold on Spencer Brown. We'll talk about that in a minute. They had a delay of game that was not really a delay of game. And, of course, the Dawson-Knox false start at the worst imaginable time. But overall, three penalties for 20 yards is a pretty good job. And then I also like that they got through the game healthy. Everyone that was active finished the game. And I think Daryl Williams was the only injury, and it was an elbow injury, and he was cleared to return very quickly. So that's all I have for things I liked. And things I liked is going to be a lot more in terms of digging into the meat of that game and revealing some of the bigger thoughts that I have about what went down and where this team is at. You listen to podcasts for the power of the inside track. You switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money because with Boost, you get the power of a free 5G phone so you can listen to the latest episodes and keep up with your favorite players and teams. The power of three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line so your family can share all the insights and the power of one of America's largest 5G networks so that you can do it all at the speed of 5G. With all the money you'll save and the edge you'll gain, just how powerful will you become? Switch to Boost Mobile and find out. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save, Boost Mobile. Free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers and coverage not available everywhere or for all phones or networks. See BoostMobile.com for details. Super Bowl 56 at SoFi is less than 100 days away and on location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL is the only place to score a -a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Select your exact seats and choose from elite experiences featuring an exclusive pregame celebration with NFL legends, five-star L.A. hotels, and food by the great Wolfgang Puck. Visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. That's onlocationexp.com slash SB56 or search Super Bowl on location. All right, it's time for things that I didn't like, and I'm going to roll this right into a conversation about some big-picture stuff with this team. 
When it comes to things I didn't like, I want to start with missed opportunities on offense. And we have to really work through some of these sequences to drive home just how many opportunities were squandered. And within that, you're going to find out plenty of things that I didn't like. So let's start with the beginning of the game. The New England Patriots get the ball. The Bills force them into a three and out. After a you know, weird punt due to the wind, the Bills take possession at the 48-yard line. Really good field position. The Bills respond with a three and out of their own on their first possession. But I want to focus in on the third down play. It was a third and seven, and the Bills didn't convert because the pass was dropped by Dawson Knox. He very easily could have secured the grab and ran for the first down. So a drop pass was the drive killer. The Bills force another three and out and take possession at the plus 40-yard line. So your first possession starts at the 48 The next possession starts at the plus 40-yard line. The Bills drive the ball down to the 29. It's first and 10 from the New England 29. Matt Breida fumbles because he had bad fundamentals on receiving a handoff. It's a turnover. So you start this game with the possession at the 48 and the plus 40 and come away with no points. The next drive for the Patriots is the 64-yard touchdown run by Damian Harris, which obviously I didn't like. Multiple defenders over-pursued the run. And to me, it was a lack of awareness by the Bills' defense to Damian Harris and his skill set and what a toss play is designed to accomplish. It's not going to be a situation where Damian Harris is going to try and corner the entire defense and work to the sideline He's looking to work back inside of those blocks. And I counted four Bills defenders that over-pursued. And oh, by the way, it was on a third and five. So you have them on a third and five, and they rip off a 64-yard touchdown run. That can't happen in the National Football League. So the Bills get the ball back after that, right? It winds up being a third and seven. Josh rifles a dart to Cole Beasley, who makes a tough catch for a 15-yard completion, which is negated by a Spencer Brown hold. Now, Brown's hold was legit, but his hands were inside, and his feet were late, and it was a hold. Bad fundamentals, takes away a third-down conversion, sets up a third and 17, which the Bills did not convert, And they have to punt. Bad fundamentals by Spencer Brown took away a third down conversion and the Bills had to punt. Now, they wound up punting and getting the ball back because the Patriots punt returner in Keel Harry on that play, he fielded the punt poorly. It hit his head. Saran Neal recovered the football. The Bills score a touchdown on the next play. So it's bad process and ultimately a good result, but... It's kind of symbolic about how the Bills can shoot themselves in the foot by having poorly timed penalties. 
that are the result of bad fundamentals. So the Patriots get the ball back and they kick a field goal. The Bills take possession. They're driving. It's first and 10 from the New England 40. Well, they get a one-yard run on first down. It's now second and nine. Second and nine, delay of game. I don't think it was really a delay of game penalty. I, I don't think it was. But they call it delay of game. It's second and 14. Josh Allen gets sacked. Now it's third and 19. Josh Allen throws a catchable pass to Dawson Knox. That would have been a first down, but he didn't come up with the catch. I'm not saying it was a routine grab, but the Bills needed someone to make a play, and it was there to be made. So the first and 10 from the New England 40 results in a punt from the 49. Another bad sequence. Patriots get the ball back, they punt. Bills get the ball, they punt. Pats get the ball back, they punt. The first half is over. And so just looking at the first half, there was a ton of meat left on the bone for the Bills' offense. I mean, plenty of opportunity to capitalize on good circumstances, but they couldn't do it. So the Bills are down 11-7 to at halftime. They get the ball first. They start with a punt. The Patriots respond with a punt. The Bills get the ball for their second possession of the second half, 9-15 left in the third quarter. They're driving, moving the ball well. They get it down to the Patriots 20, and let's pick it up from there. It's first and 10. You get a three-yard run. It's second and seven. Josh Allen misses Gabe Davis for a touchdown where Gabe was leveraged, and it was a little high and a little bit wide. All right, it's third and seven. Josh Allen throws an incomplete pass. Field goal attempt. Now it's good. They make the field goal. It's 11 to 10, but it's a bad sequence. You had the ball first and 10 at the Patriots 20 and wind up kicking a field goal where you missed a throw and had another incompletion after that. Patriots get the ball back. They go on a 14-play drive that ends in a field goal. Happy how the defense stiffened up in the red zone. A couple of really nice plays by Matt Milano. And now it's 14 to 10. The Bills get the ball down four. 13-01 left in the game. They start at the 36-yard line. They're driving the football very well again. They get it down to the six. It's first and goal from the six. With 9.04 left in the game, really good drive to get the ball down there. And let's pick it up from there. First down, a run by Zach Moss. That is a no gain. And it should have been a walk-in touchdown run. Poor fundamentals by Zach Moss on the play. He pressed the hole poorly. He didn't make his block right. He ran into contact and didn't gain a single yard. And if his eyes would have very clearly showed him the opportunity to work outside of Spencer Brown. It was a walk-in touchdown. Press the hole, make your block right, and score a touchdown. Instead, it's a no gain. Bad fundamentals, but now it's second and goal from the six. Josh Allen takes a sack. Third and goal from the 15. Josh Allen finds Dawson Knox. Couldn't hook up. Would have been a tough play, right? 
The ball gets knocked away, but it was a chance to make a play again, and it didn't happen. Then Tyler Bass misses a 33-yard field goal into the wind. I would not have hated going for it, but the bottom line on that drive, sloppy football, bad fundamentals, and another missed opportunity and a bad sequence. But the Bills force another three and out. Here's your chance. 14 to 10. 3.52 left in the game. It's time for a drive to go win this thing. And the drive is off to a great start. The Bills start at their own 20, and they get the ball down to the Patriots' 14. First and 10 from the 14. Let's pick it up from there. One-yard run by Devin Singletary. Second and nine from the 13. Josh cannot connect with Stephon Diggs. Incomplete pass. Third and nine from the 13. Here it comes. False start by Dawson Knox. Winds up being fourth and 14. The game's on the line. Here's your chance to make that heroic play to change the outcome of the game. And Josh Allen throws an incomplete pass. He targeted Gabriel Davis. He expected Miles Bryant to close on Cole Beasley, which would open up a reasonable throw to Gabriel Davis. Bryant doesn't close on Beasley. He stays home. He knocks down the football, and it falls incomplete. I'm also not convinced that the ball had enough on it to get to Davis, but the disappointing thing to me is that on that same play, you had single coverage with Diggs. You got to throw it to him there. It wasn't a hard pre-snap read. I know J.C. Jackson was on coverage against Diggs, but you throw it to Diggs and live with the result. And not your fifth option in the passing game on a fourth and 14 with the game on the line. Another bad sequence. The Bills lose. They have zero points in the offense's last three red zone possessions and lose the game by four points. There was plenty of opportunity for this Bills offense to score and take advantage of very good scenarios, but bad fundamentals, bad sequences, bad penalties, bad turnovers, missed opportunities to make a play, and you come away with a total of 10 points and 0 for 3 on your last three trips to the red zone where you didn't even score a point and lost the game by four. Sloppy football. Now, I know that I gave the Bills defense some love in things I liked, but there's definitely some stuff to talk about here and things I didn't like. Although defensively, I thought the game went fairly close to what I expected based on the weather. I certainly thought, even with the weather, that New England would throw it more than three times, but I never fully expected the Bills to shut down the Patriots' rushing game. Now, with that said, I don't like giving up 220 yards or 222 yards on 46 carries when you know that they're going to run the football. I know 41% of the rushing production came on three plays, but those three plays still happened, and they were major factors in the game. The run defense was obviously not good enough. They had issues with run fits. They had issues with tackling. And the Patriots were able to really impose their will running the football at times. 
it's tough to expect the defense to be perfect, but they played heavy boxes and still got gashed. Everybody knew the Patriots were going to run the football, and despite selling out to stop the run, they couldn't stop the run. Again, there were definitely times when they did. We worked through that. We've talked about that in this podcast. It wasn't a total disaster on defense, but at the end of the day, it's fair to expect the run defense to have been better in this football game given the circumstances. Given that they were completely one-dimensional to run the football and you were selling out to stop the run, you still got gashed. Again, I thought collectively the defensive effort was more than good enough to win. But overall, there is a level of disappointment that is worthy of things I didn't like considering that type of production on the ground. But I think ultimately the Bills offense couldn't do enough to get New England out of their plan. And they stuck with it. They invited the Bills to beat themselves. And the Bills obliged, just like they have a few other times this season. Now, I think you can definitely bring into question some of the decisions by Sean McDermott in this game. Not going for two after the touchdown. The fourth down challenge was wonky. Some time management issues overall. But at the same time, you feel like the team was in positions to win this game. Like multiple times. So there's plenty of blame to go go around. I think the coaching staff deserves plenty of it. Brian Dable deserves his share. Leslie Frazier, Sean McDermott. But at the end of the day, this team was in position to win this game pretty handily. But they couldn't take advantage of opportunities that I think you should be able to take advantage of. And that's why Bill Belichick deserves a lot of credit for how his team was able to overcome circumstances that were not advantageous for them, but advantageous for Buffalo. You can call it lack of execution by the Bills, but New England invited Buffalo to beat themselves, and the Bills obliged. In life, we're all bound for different things. With Beachbound.com vacations, you could be bound for adventure, bound for passion, bound for discovery, or bound for togetherness, bound for immersion, bound for rejuvenation, or maybe you're bound for encountering the unexpected. Personally, when I'm at a beach resort, I'm bound to end up at the poolside bar or maybe creating my own taco flight. As long as I've got a good view and a good drink in my hand, I'll be as happy as can be. With Beachbound.com, you can find the perfect beach vacation for you, no matter what you're looking for. What are you bound for? Visit Beachbound.com today. Let's close out the podcast today by having a big picture conversation about where this team's at. We'll talk about what's ahead and some of those circumstances, but right now it's it's hard to find comfort in where this team is at. They haven't won consecutive games since mid-October. You listen to Sean McDermott after the game, and he was pretty testy in his press conference. Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde, they clapped back at Jerry Sullivan in their press conference. I honestly don't take much exception for what Poyer and Hyde did, and they were definitely provoked. But that was pretty uncommon to see that from them, and 
their frustration was pretty obvious. Matt Beauvais, he tweeted out that Sean McDermott said that he didn't trust having Isaiah McKenzie or Marquez Stevenson back returning punts. And Isaiah McKenzie responded to that tweet on Twitter and said, damn. I mean, you can feel the the frustration in so many different ways from this team. And they should be frustrated. Their backs are against the wall. The season hasn't gone the way that they planned or expected. It's impossible to not be frustrated. But I think there should be some level of concern that this team unravels a bit. Hopefully it doesn't because there's plenty of opportunity ahead for the 2021 Buffalo Bills. But there was a level of frustration that I could sense in ways that I typically can't coming from multiple different directions in just a few hours of absorbing the game and listening to press conferences and staying you know, plugged into social media following the game. So when it comes to the AFC East, the Patriots, they're in first place. They improved to 9-4, and four, and their remaining schedule is at the Colts, home against the Bills, home against Jacksonville, and at Miami. The Bills are in second. They're 7-5. and five. Miami has won five in a row. They're now 6-7 and seven after they beat the Giants 20-9. Let that sink in. The Bills have one more win than the Dolphins. Miami's next two games are against the Jets and Saints. Then they finish at Tennessee and home against New England. And then there's the Jets at 3-9. and nine. They lost to the Eagles 33-18. So the Bills are currently the number seven seed, the last seed in the AFC playoffs. They get another chance against New England in a few weeks. You go out and avenge that loss, and the division is still very much in play. Your margin for error is slim. I mean, this next game for Buffalo is at Tampa Bay. On a short week, so Tom Brady, the defending Super Bowl champions, on the road, short week, that ain't easy. I mean, you don't take care of that game, you're 7-6. and You're back home against the Panthers, then at New England, and then two at home to close out the year against the Falcons and Jets. I guess the good news is that According to a tweet from Joe DiBiase of WGR 550, who found some type of playoff odds calculator, is that even if the Bills go 3-2 and two over their last five, which would include a loss to Tampa Bay and New England and wins against Carolina, Atlanta, and the Jets, they still have an 88% chance of being a playoff team. But if you drop any game the rest of the way, then you need help to win the division. 3-2 and two is not going to get you the division. We'll see. The Bills are a very inconsistent football team. They've told us that. Let's hope they can go on a run. Now, the last seven weeks of watching this football team would not suggest that they are going to go on a run, but there's still plenty of opportunity. There's a lot for this team to prove. They're running out of time, but the good news is they can beat anyone, right? They can beat anyone. So get to the tournament and see what happens. Funny how that conversation's shifted, right? It's been about the number one seed and winning the AFC. Now, just want to get in the playoffs, right? Just get in the playoffs and see what happens. But that's the reality of this season. That's what this team has shown. That's what they've proven. They've proven inconsistency. 
If they play to their capability, they could beat anyone. But when it comes to tight games, when it comes to any circumstance where they don't step on the field and dominate, the 2021 Bills, they struggle in close games. They, they've really struggled to embrace a normal game script where it's kind of back and forth. They don't make those clutch plays. Not this year, they don't. Is that going to change over these last five weeks? I don't know. Seems unlikely. But the opportunity's there. And the Bills are a talented, good football team. And you get to the tournament, you can see what happens. All right, folks, not a fun conversation today, but a real conversation about what this team is and what they showed once again on Monday Night Football and a very disappointing loss to the New England Patriots. I do appreciate you joining me today. I hope that you gain some helpful perspective in processing this loss and setting our expectations moving forward. Tomorrow on the podcast is Herd Mentality. I've got a ton already. i got a ton of submissions. It's 3.51 a.m. as I finish recording this podcast right now. And um, sometime probably early afternoon tomorrow around 1 p.m., I will get to work on Herd Mentality. So if you have something that you want answered, try to get it in as quickly as possible. Um, Like I said, I have a bunch to get to already. So um, if you have something unique or interesting, be sure to send it in, and we'll uh, we'll try to get uh, the best talking points on the podcast for tomorrow. So don't miss it. Make sure you're subscribed. Would love it if you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, and I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.